And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the very blurry, but not for long. We're good now. <laughs> Joe DeLeon, good evening, good sir. Uh, technical dif- difficulties have been avoided once again. Blake, we're still talking about coaching. How are we still talking about coaching moves? And it's February. I, I mean, this is this is nuts that we've gotten to this point. Yeah, UCLA hires officially their head coach today and Deshaun Foster, which we'll talk about. Uh, Colorado has hired their defensive coordinator, which we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, I'm sure that we're gonna it's going to be very spirited, and I'm sure a lot of the real, true Colorado fans yeah. who have always been Colorado fans will show up when we talk about their new D.C. Uh, here tonight, Joe. But another coaching thing, too, Joe, that I, I – I, look – I get on these tangents and these rants, and I feel like sometimes I'm on an island. But one topic that we we're adding in here too tonight too: Texas promotes Brandon Harris as their general manager. So many programs are going to are, are promoting general managers. I think it's a big deal in college athletics that nobody's talking about. I think everybody's like, "Oh, okay, well that makes sense." But nobody wants to break it down and talk about it, which we'll talk about a little bit here tonight, too. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting discussion to have because originally one of the first guys that I can think of or one of the first programs that I can think of that did this was Vanderbilt, of all places. Vanderbilt was one of the early adopters of this when Clark Lee was hired, and he hired him. His name is escaping me. The guy that he hired to be his general manager. Yes, he hired him from 247 Sports, which is – that in itself was a unique move to hire somebody from media who was a childhood friend of his, and then for Vanderbilt to be one of the early adopters. I'd love to know who was the first originator of this. It might be Vanderbilt. But Actually, as it was Austin Thomas, who was at LSU, believe it or not, then okay. went to Tennessee, then got fired Okay, immediately by Jeremy Pruitt, then went to Texas A&M and was with A&M with that great class, mm. and then was with Lane Kiffin, Nat, when Lane – brought together this big-time transfer portal class. He was the first general manager of a football program. But to that point, wait, was was uh, was Billy Glasscock the guy that they just hired to be a part of that department, or is that a different – Okay, if you have a name named Billy Glasscock, do you, how That's much – the best name in sports. That's the best name in sports. But how uh, much do you think he was picked on as a kid? I, I don't think it matters. I think that that I, I mean that man's a, yeah he is the general manager. That man's a hero. That man is this is the greatest personality in 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 in. I mean, if Billy Glasscock sent me a DM as a, an an interested prospective recruit, I'm signing immediately. Could I, I mean? Come on. That I, do I need to elaborate any further oh on this? Oh my god. <laughs> but to this point, though, to this point, though, it's it amazing. Is a, it's amazing to find out what amuses you so much. You say that's what she said like three times a show. So don't, yeah, don't but give I'm me not this shit. on a dotted line to go play for a guy whose name is Glasscock. Billy Glasscock, the first name really makes it. <laughs> My the first of his name. Yeah. Founder of the Annals and the First Men. Is this like an episode of Game of, uh, uh, Game of Thrones? Look, I was just trying to say, though, this is a really unique concept in college football to have somebody who manages the payments in a way the guy how much guys are getting paid how much you can allot to certain players to remove and create a barrier between the head coach 
and the director of player personnel or whoever that is, I think is really important for success in college football and more teams that want to have success need to continue to adopt uh, front offices like this. William Glasscock, hell of a name. It's a great name. Sports uh, so guy we'll, gets it. We'll, we'll talk about that, but I do think that we're ch- we're trending to a place. Look, college football fans don't want to talk about. Okay, but I think it's one of those things, Joe. This is another thing that for me, like I, I I've been ranting on this, like I've been ranting on the whole Tennessee thing. Which, by the way, to the Tennessee fans that are in our comments, um, I do oh. not, I, I do not apologize. Wait, what are they mad about now? They've been like upset over everything. They're upset that they think that I am taking the NCAA side here, which clearly didn't listen to the whole whole segment. They clearly didn't listen to the whole segment. But I, Joe, I, I I just get to a place where I just start asking the question: Did they do it? You know, I, I mean, like, can we just can someone have the conversation with me? That did they do it? You know, that's all I want. I, well. I, just want to know if they broke in recruiting violations. That's all I want to know. That's what I said to you on last Wednesday was there are two separate conversations that need to be had. And I agreed with you on that. I still do not take the NCAA side, but I do agree with you. Yeah. I mean, they're guilty of something that should not be illegal, but they're still guilty of doing it, which makes the whole conversation messy. I had seen, by the way, the thing that pisses me off is how upset some of the Tennessee fans have gotten over the pronunciation of Nico's name, which nobody has said Giannis Antetokounmpo's name correctly in his entire career. There are just a couple of guys that have ridiculously hard names to pronounce. Nobody says Tua's last name for a reason, because nobody can pronounce it. It's it's hard to pronounce. Listen to the argument first, and let's like relax on the, the pronunciation thing. It's... People from Tennessee act like that, you know, there's like this the self-righteousness in making sure that his name is pronounced. I guarantee you that they don't even know how to say it. You think guys from yeah. the tops know how to say his That's name? That's my whole damn point. Okay. That's my whole point. So look, I just think I needed to address that specifically on this show because a lot of people are mad at me. Okay. Well, continue to be okay. mad. I, I I yeah, I really don't. I, I really don't care, but we do got a good show in store for you. So let's, let's get right into it. I, I, I do think Joe, that you and I are going to really debate on this first topic of the new UCLA coach Deshaun Foster, oh. um, on where we see this thing going. Um, I'm happy for him, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share, share to all those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, share to all those groups, share to all your social media pages, you're watching us, listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell wherever you're listening to or listening to us on the podcast platform. Rate, review, and subscribe. And a lot of you have mentioned to us about Google Play going away. Just head over to Apple. Head over to Spotify. Yeah, Google. Google's, oh. Yeah, Google's going bye-bye. Did people reach out to you about AYS or us? Uh, AYS, but... Okay. I mean, just in case. It, just go over to Spotify, go over to Apple Podcast, um, or Joe. Basically, Google's just going to YouTube. They're making yeah, you put your yeah. podcast on YouTube. Uh, anyway, we're trying. We're we're talking about show stuff when we don't need to be airing it. Right, 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 nevertheless, right, right. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do that for us. Give us that five star. We got. Look, I'm you know climbing on the audio. 
Okay. So mm-hmm. do that and do us a favor. All right. Let's get rolling. Uh, Chance Babin says, roll out on the football. Is that oxymoron? That's where That's you where play. I played. Yeah. Come on, man. What are, what are we doing here? Hey, man. We, Rody is a good, improving football program. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. They'd beat Southeastern if they played them. Um, right now they would. Yeah. Yeah. Right not in now, the past. Not in the past. Yeah. You get your cheeks clapped. You get your cheeks. I mean, yeah, get your cheeks clapped. I don't know, but I don't think it'd be if that my team, if the, if the best team that I was on at Southeast and the best team that you were on at Rhode Island, we'd clap your cheeks. I mean, we, three we, guys go to the NFL. Joe, we had a guy have a pick six against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. He was a second round pick, a first round pick. Who was it? Robert Alford. So hush. Oh, never mind. Okay. And they had me. Well, I don't I'm, think that counts for much. Oh, it probably didn't. <laughs> we got lots to talk about. We talk about it next. Stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Texas isn't. All right, Joe, let's get rolling. So today, okay, let me get, let me bring it, let me do that again. Mulligan, okay? Okay. Because we got to flip this and let me bring that again. Today, UCLA formally announced their next head coach of their football program, it being Deshaun Foster, who was the running backs coach, obviously was a running back at UCLA back in the day. I didn't know this until today, but a Hall of Fame guy from UCLA, he's in the UCLA Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe, your thoughts on Deshaun Foster uh, being the next head coach? And let me ask you, I know you saw it, but the the players really are excited that he is back in their head coach. But what do you think of the move of Deshaun Foster at UCLA? I think there's two sides to this. And it's uh, it's kind of crazy. We're at this point where we're talking about UCL, UCLA football on this show, and we're talking about it this seriously. And we, we spent a lot of time talking about Chip Kelly. I think the one side of this is the excitement for a guy like him coming back to the program, who was one of the better players in the program's history, was a decent player in the NFL, and is clearly very liked by the current roster. To the point where we we all saw the video. They were extremely excited when he entered the room as the next head coach. They they were all cheering. They they rushed down to, to greet him. It is clear that this is a guy that the current roster can rally around. And more importantly, most of the guys are not going to leave because they're going to probably want to stick around and play for him. You can also remain and keep continuity with the current coaching staff. It's great to know that most of those guys aren't going to get screwed over and end up having to um, either be jobless or find a new job, take a year off, whatever it might have been. But I'm a little bit concerned because I don't think that this was the best option for them. He's never been a head coach. 
He's never been a play caller or a coordinator. I'm a bit wary of hiring guys that were position coaches that were former players for programs because it, it, it doesn't always work out when you don't have enough experience to back it. I still firmly believe, Blake, that I sh- they should have hired DeAnton Lynn. I don't even know if they considered it. My whole point is that they had plenty of time to figure this out. They had a, 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 whole, a whole week if they wanted to because it's not like they're competing for other candidates like other programs were. They could have sat and really looked at, at their options and figured this thing out. And I think if they did that, they would have hired DeAnton Lynn who was a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and I think in the future is going to be a brilliant head coach. But this could work out. I'm just, I don't think it was the best option on the table. I think that this is a patchwork job, or they view it as a patchwork job. Yeah. Uh, I really am rooting for Deshaun Foster to be good at UCLA because when you have that much buy-in from players, I want that means and Joe, it wasn't just a position group. Like, dude, the entire the entire team went nuts. Okay, when he walked through that door. Yeah. Uh, and he was announced as the next head coach. It is a lazy hire. It is a very lazy hire. And mm-hmm. I, I look at this and say to myself, I what I want as a fan, okay, of college football is I like Cinderella stories. I like stories where, like, look, a lot of people are going to count them out. No one really expects them to do much. You have a guy that loves that program, clearly comes back and is trying to salvage UCLA football. But I I got to admit, even though the players like it, and I'm glad that I thought we would argue on this, but I guess we won't. I just don't see the success. Okay, I I don't see where they're going to have success. Now, Joe, I will say now, they do have some decent pieces on their their roster. It's not as if the cup is completely barren there. Yeah. Now, how much buy-in does he get from this team to where they put their head down, get to work, and he gets some wins that maybe he's not expecting to get? But they got to go, like, even in the non-conference – they got to go to Baton Rouge probably at night. They're not winning. Okay. Now you can say I'm I'm biased there because I cover LSU. LSU. They're not winning at night in Death Valley. It's not happening. No. Okay. Not with their current roster. Then they got a whole Big Ten schedule. I, I want him to succeed. I love it when. So let me give an example. I love it when guys go home and try to salvage something and the program that they love the most, I want them to win. But hiring a guy like yours, Orgeron winning at LSU, Harbaugh winning at Michigan, Joe, those are so far in and far between. You could have Mario Cristobal in Miami. How's that going? Oh, by the way, Manny Diaz didn't work there either. Just because he's your guy and he's been there and he's been a running back there, had a great career in Carolina, had mm. multiple years. We had a couple 800-yard rush. I, I remember as a Saints fan, he used to kill us a lot of times. I hope he has success. Joe, I, 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 don't, I think this was laziness, pure laziness. And I don't think the UCLA fans, which I, I saw message board genius, geniuses uh, tweet this, they are not happy, nor should they be. Because, look, you're hiring a guy with zero experience 
to and Joe, it would be one thing if they were still in the Pac-12. I would say to myself, "Hey, man, there's weird stuff that happens in the Pac-12. You have a brand new head coach that's never been a head coach trying to pioneer a a completely different move into the Big Ten. Just don't think it's going to go over well, and we could be having a conversation a year from now." That look, man, it was a patchwork job. It, it it really didn't work for him, and here we are. That's the only part that I don't agree with. But it sounds like you and I have the same take here. That it's a feel good opportunity here. Feel good story, it, it, right? And it, it is going to at least keep the current guys on the roster happy, right? Like that. That is the worst thing that could happen if you're UCLA is to take way too long with this, which is more than a week, hire somebody that the current roster doesn't love, and then everybody jumps in the portal and leaves. That's the worst-case scenario that could have happened, right? Can I ask you a question? Okay. Because I've had, just to interrupt you, and I want you to interject on this, I've seen a lot of people say that, okay? Like, hey, you you got to hire this guy now because you don't want the roster. Well, this is a four-year decision now. This isn't just is. a four-year decision. Why do you keep saying that? I think there's a sweet spot, though. I think that this happens on Friday. They rushed, as I said earlier. This is rushed to try and make this move and make your hire by Monday after him getting him leaving on Friday. That's too quickly. I think they have at least a week. I think that you've got at least a week to figure this thing out. I agree with you. I think that there is a, is a right timing to not rush the process. Like, I actually think that the Sharon Moore move that wasn't rushed. That was the right amount of timing that it was it was I believe it was Wednesday or so when it when it had happened. It wasn't over a weekend. They knew who they were going with and the news came out a little earlier than it was supposed to, but it was still going to be an ongoing process. I just feel like as you're talking about here, while it feels nice for UCLA football, it does feel like they're just going with the easiest option and as you said, it's lazy. It is lazy to go with somebody who has no coaching experience that you know would immediately say yes. That's what it feels like. That's why I don't take it very seriously. Again, this could work out well, but this is not the type of guy that you want to be learning on the job. This isn't Marcus Freeman where we knew he was a great recruiter and we knew that he was a brilliant defensive coach and him learning on the job, I'm a little less scared of it because he's at least three steps ahead of a guy who was a position coach. A position coach to a head coach is a huge, huge jump, and I still stand by DeAnton Lynn would have been a better option because that is a proven guy who I think is the next up to be a great head coach. Or I would have even gone with David Shaw, whose son is on the roster. I think that if you were going to go in any other direction and try and get somebody quickly, either of those guys would have been better than Foster. Joe, I, I got to be real with you. There are thousands of coaches that would have been better fits. I don't know about thousands. Okay. We probably could We probably could have given it. We probably no, could put together a list of like five to seven guys that would have there been There are 25 off. head coaches somewhere else that would have taken the UCLA, UCLA job that would have been better. Uh, I, I think that's a little... Joe, he's never called a little games. too critical. He's never been I know, a coach. But I know. Let me, let me ask you this question: If any place anywhere else at any given moment hires a position coach to be their head coach, 
you would ridicule this worse than anything. You cannot, you, what you can't do in coaching searches is because it's a program that, oh, well, it's just little old UCLA. You can't do that. I don't disagree that there are options out there, but I'm not, I'm not going to completely discredit him to the point where I'm going to say that there's a mat, you know, a multitude of options at the lower levels that they could have gone with that were more qualified. I mean, again, Foster could end up being a good head coach in the want future. There's a possibility, but it was too soon to of a move. I want him to succeed, but Joe, there's nothing in his tenure as a coach that would give me any faith that he can lead a program. Now, I think he can have a decent year one. I, I think because of that roster, he could have a decent year one. Now, here's what he's got to do to have success. Joe, there's only one thing he's got to do. You ready? What? Recruit. And I understand the limitations that he may have at UCLA. But let me tell you something about this game of football that we talk about so much. Joe, it's not that hard of a game. You could line up and run inside zone, and if you have better personnel, you're going to win. Uh, that, that's just a fact of football. Teams that run the football at an effective clip, you know why they win? It's not an innovative play call. Inside zone is not an innovative play call. This game is simple, and sometimes we make it not so simple. Now, Joe, can he recruit? Does he know the dynamic of recruiting? Now, he's a guy from North Carolina that went from North Carolina. Yeah, he is. He's from Tustin. Born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Why did... But he he went to high school in Tustin, California, which is which is okay. Orange County. So I, I was going to bring that up. Right. Well, then I, I actually well then I digress. If he's in, I just yeah. saw where he was born from, and it's in North Carolina, but from Tustin, California. Getting back to the point, though. Yep. He can come in there and recruit, and I will tell you, so that's something that Chip did not do. How right. how how better? Let me ask you this. I do think that there's a scenario where he could be better, a little bit better, because he can get better personnel in there. I think it it could be where the play calling and being a head coach is what he would have to learn on the job. He can he can instantly be a better recruiter than Chip was. So that's where I'm optimistic, at the very least, that this thing could trend in a in a strong direction, but might take some time. I don't know what the rest of his coaching staff looks like. And I also, to, to be completely honest, I, I'm not going to be naive enough to just say he's probably a good recruiter because he's from the area. But it does make things easier, as we've seen in the history of college football, guys that are from the relative area near the surrounding high schools. Tustin is in Orange County. It is near um, programs like St. John Bosco, Modern Day. It's in, in roughly rough range of that. It's near Los Angeles, all of where – this yeah, hotbed of recruiting. Carson Palmer in the championship game I read. Is that actually what it says on, on yeah, Wikipedia? Yeah, he lost to Carson Palmer. How about that? That's hilarious. But to this point, though, that is why I'm he optimistic. He's losing to Carson Palmer. <laughs> He's got his number, apparently. I think that that's why I'm a little bit more, as you were saying, that there's probably a lot more qualified guys. I think that's where there's at least a redeeming quality here is that him as a recruiter – I can be optimistic that he understands the area. And that's one of the things that we've been most critical of Lincoln Riley of 
is not recruiting the area well because he's not a guy from California and he clearly doesn't understand the values of having guys that are proud of being from the area. UCLA is a program that they could build a roster of guys that are excited to represent the state and represent the city. Let me ask this question. How much can a former player get buy-in from a from a fan from a booster and fan base? It could be a little easier than Chip, who clearly didn't care enough to do anything. Who is an introverted guy yeah. who does not get along with a lot of people. Joe, this game is not is not as complex as we make it out to be. Yeah. I mean, like Joe, I'm I'm watching the Super Bowl last night. Okay. The game winning play to McCall Hardman is literally a, a rollout right receiver in flat called Corndog. Andy Reid's favorite play. He won this back-to-back -back Super Bowls with a play called Corndog. I, I mean, is that this, really yeah, it's literally what, it, what it's called. This game is not that difficult. No. Now, I would not be surprised if they had some success this year, to be honest with you, because I still think they got talent on that roster. I'm not going to go that far. I mean, this is like a six, six, seven win football team. If everything goes like I was going to say, eight, I was going to say they could get to eight wins. That would be their max. I think they actually have a pretty tough schedule. They do have a very tough schedule. Just you know who doesn't have a tough schedule in the Big Ten, by the way? Who? Your your Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Twelve in season for Rutgers. Okay. Right First now. off, can we talk about something very quickly? What? Do you know how I know that the mafia is their like their fans of Rutgers? Can I tell you how I know this? Here's my. They obviously are. They obviously can are. I, can I tell you why? Well, how did Rutgers miss on Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan? In talking about their schedule, yeah. they, they don't have. They can't get control over that. I think that the mafia. You think Tony Patini. Mr. Italian last name is, has ties to the mob. Is that what you're playing? That I has to be mean, the most ridiculous conspiracy theory that we've ever shared on this, on this Joe, show. They miss Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan. How I is that that possible? is That is more of a reflection of the conference not wanting to waste good matchups and them giving them just a very favorable schedule. What there if they would have done that for bro. Washington? What if Washington wouldn't have had to play Oregon, Ohio State, or Michigan? They, because that wasn't going to happen. Also, Rutgers just had home and homes, I believe, with a bunch of those teams that you just mentioned. They played Penn State. They played Michigan. They played Ohio State this past year. So the likelihood of them having to repeat and play any of those three teams that you just mentioned was unlikely. Hey, man, this is a 10-win year for, for your old Rutgers football over in Piscataway, New Jersey, you better respect them. I, I think that they're cheating. Don't, 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 don't disrespect. The mafia is involved don't, here. I'm full conspiracy don't theorist. Don't disrespect Shiano. Don't do it. Don't disrespect another Shiano. Another Italian. Don't disrespect Shiano. Don't, so don't do that. you got four term. Italians in a room. What's Our, Italian there and says, I don't want to play Oregon, Michigan, or Ohio State, and it gets granted. He is an American hero. He is a fearless leader, and he is the greatest thing to happen to the state of New Jersey. If that would have happened to anybody else in the Big Ten, we would have been we would be screaming from the rooftops. Be 
Because it's Rutgers. Who gives a shit if they have an easy schedule? They're not going to the playoffs. I'm so defended over a team that lives in that's from New Jersey, and you're from New Jersey. I'm gonna. Re- I am going to defend and respect my boys. I'm gonna respect just like you. Do, you would defend Tulane, Louisiana Lafayette. No, first off, you, I would never respect the University of Lafayette. All right. What about Louisiana Monroe? Would you or Louisiana no, Tech? I, I, hope, would, I hope. I hope. I hope. Carmel takes a big size dump on their chest. I, you I don't, don't have state pride like we do. Okay, that's the difference. That's the difference that we have here. LSU is the is the state school. Yeah, but then I not have pride. You only have pride for LSU though. All I'm saying is, is four Italians walked into a bar and somehow mm-hmm. Rutgers didn't have to play Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan. That's all I know. Yeah, believe what you want. Believe what you want. I also heard my, Michael Franchese, Franchese was in the room. Francesa? Is that what you're trying it's to say? Francesa. Franchese. Mike Francesa. Is that what you're trying it's to say? Francesa. Don't do this to me. Please don't do this it's to me. Francesa. Another another great. It's not how he pronounces it. Yes, it is. It's Francesa. I, you want to make a bet? You, live the, 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 right the WFAN host, Mike Francesa. No, Michael Franchese. The, who are you talking the about? The mafia, the mafia. Oh, oh, guy who got host. like, yeah, None. never mind. It's the stupidest conversation we've ever had on this show. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> just look, the mafia is has got controls in college football, and I think we need to talk about that at some point. Okay, uh, want to move on to this Colorado, uh, DC? Yeah, okay. yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, be careful because Colorado fans, they're so loving. I'm going to be as vague as possible when we talk about this. Oh, Lord. Uh, Joe, Colorado has hired their next defensive coordinator, Robert Livingston, from the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Took a little bit of a while for Dion to find a guy to be his D.C. Um, Nobody really talked about it, I guess, because it is Dion in Colorado, so it just went over a lot of people's heads. It was not frontline news that it took this long to hire a D.C., but nevertheless, here we are. They have hired Robert Livingston. I guess, what are your thoughts on Livingston being the next D.C. at Colorado? My two main takeaways with this, first of all, I need to see it in action first. Has not been a defensive play caller, but I'm optimistic. I think that this could be a very underrated move. It didn't get covered at all, which is why I'm saying that it's underrated. One, you're getting a guy that was coaching the best unit on the Bengals' defense. Their secondary was very, very good, and it didn't exactly have the sexiest group of players. It it didn't have a ton of elite athletes, and he still turned Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and then the the picks of of Daxton Hill. He turned them into productive quality players. I mean, heck, in a way, he resurrected, helped resurrect Eli Apple's career, who was a mess up until that point, and he looked really sucked. But he, st- he did a, a better than he had done in any other location in his time when he was playing with the Bengals. And as a Giants fan, watching Eli Apple make a million mistakes when he was with the Giants, it's pretty positive to know that he was able to get that out of him. I think for Travis Hunter, this is great because his development is going to continue. Him, him becoming an even better defensive back is something that I'm going to watch, and I think that Livingston is going to be uh, potentially smart and creative enough to effectively utilize him as a defensive weapon. I also believe, and I think that as Colorado has been one of the most professionalized teams in college football, one of the most pro-like teams in terms of their roster construct- construction, 
how they've shuffled players in and out of this roster, how they haven't been afraid to move on from players and bring in new guys. There's a lot of personalities to deal with. As we've said before, and I talked about with the Jed Fish hire and the Belichick hire at Washington, having guys from the pro game on certain rosters makes a lot of sense. Colorado is one of those teams where I think it is a benefit to have somebody who sat in a meeting room with defensive backs that were getting paid a lot of money that he knew how to talk to them and help them develop that he can bring some of those coaching attributes to Colorado. So I'm optimistic. I think that this could work out. It's not a crazy big name that was brought up all over the place. So I'm optimistic that it could turn out good. I do think there's something to be said that Deion Sanders hired a secondary coach to call plays. That's just what I was thinking. Okay. But I also thought that Sean Lewis was a damn good coordinator, especially at Colorado. And Sean Lewis took a lot of blame, in my opinion, for some of the problems at Colorado that were Dion's fault. See, Dion does not get any of the blame for how the season ended. Because if you remember, Joe, they started off red hot, obviously beating TCU. They had that wild game. The game went down to, oh, I believe, if, if memory serves me correctly, it was like, what, double overtime or overtime mm -hmm. against Colorado State. Yep. They, they came out of the gate swinging. And offensively, they were really good. Okay? I don't know about how their personnel is going to react. I think they do have some talented pieces. Like they got a guy, a kid named Quincy Wiggins who could be a defensive end from the transfer portal. They did get some interesting pieces from the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. But I, I got to bring up something here that I'm just going to throw out there. Sean Lewis was calling hell, some hell of a football games at Colorado this past year. And Dion somewhat threw Sean Lewis underneath the bus. And I do think and have heard from people in the business that Dion tried to hire some people that have been around college football and they said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want to be around that, tox that toxic program. Now, I'm going to take a lot of heat from that from Colorado people. But it's conversations that I've had, and I know one of them that Dion talked to that did not want to be there, okay? Like, was going to be offered the job and had no wanted nothing to do with being at Colorado with Dion because they thought Sean Lewis took a lot of the blame and that Dion is not going to blame a lot of the guys that he brings in, these high-profile guys. He's not going to blame them. He'll blame coaches more than players. But I do think that Hiring Livingston is very interesting to me. I think that they'll run a four-man front. That's what they ran when he was at William & Mary. It's what they ran in Cincinnati. was a lot of four-man front stuff, run a lot of man-to-man -man coverage, send a lot of blitzes. Um, I agree with you that I think it's a hell of a hire from an X's and O's standpoint. I just don't know. It, or let me throw this out there. Let me ask – well, let me just ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is Dion not a defensive guy in his damn self? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not really a play caller, though. Doesn't matter. He's a head coach. He needs yeah. that's the side of the ball that he that he goes to. He's a Hall of Fame DB. Okay. One arguably the best corner to ever play. So he's hiring a secondary guy to come in here and call plays. They got to get more innovative on defensive play calling. They got pushed around. Look, they didn't have the personnel, but you got to be more innovative. 
you got to be more innovative in how you do things. And Ken Livingston, who has been known to be a very, very uh, cerebral X's and O play caller, can he be that guy? Because I don't think they have the personnel. I think they've gotten better in areas defensively, but I don't think that they have anything that's going to wow you on defense. Let, let me throw this out there. I actually really think, and this is I, – I think some might – disagree with this and some might not like this because it was so exciting to watch Travis Hunter play multiple roles. But I think, I think, I think he needs to be a receiver. I disagree. I think he needs to move completely to de defensive back. I think he could be a really, really talented defensive back in the NFL. It's a, it is a lot harder to find a defensive back that can move the way that he can than it is to find a receiver I agree with that, that plays the way that I he does. So if he wants to make his money and get drafted really highly, he's a you know he's going to be a better defensive I back. Don't disagree, the, I don't disagree with that. But, but I just think he's, he's shown that he could be a really right. – I think that the, to this point, though, that they've already got a decent receiver room. Like Horn is a really nice player, and, and he looked really, really good um, this past year. I just think that if you – get him to play three quarters of his snaps on defense that is going to elevate the defense tenfold. They need to get him to play more defense because that is where they're they're hurting for talent. And I maybe Livingston can help with that. I think that needs to be the focus for them during this offseason. But it's probably not going to happen. I doubt it happens. But it is. it has to be the main focus for them. I disagree with you that I don't think that that had I, – I completely – what Travis Hunter does or doesn't do I think has no bearing – on what what can help them on the defensive side. You know what I think it is? Why? They need to run the football more. They were dead last in the country at running the football. You know what will help Shadur Sanders? Taking well, pressure off of him by running the football. You know what helps defenses? Them staying on the sideline. Joe, they were so gassed four games into the season because they played more snaps than anybody in the country. You know why? Because they threw the ball all over the place. They abandoned the running game completely. Now, you went out there and got really, I say, decent, don't want to argue this, but decent offensive lineman, better offensive lineman than you had a year ago. You know what's going to help your defense? Keep them on the sideline. Play a little bit of keep away. Stop trying to pad the stats for your son. Joe, that's what he's doing. I, I mean, we don't want to have the conversation about what Dion's actually doing. But that is what he's so – Joe, they're throwing the ball 50, 55 times a game. They had two wait, games – Wait, they had – They okay. had two games where they had 60-plus dropbacks. You know what helps the defense? Staying off the field. They had to do that. They had to. They couldn't run the ball. That offensive line that they had was terrible. That offensive line that they had was not good last year. They're Joe, going to run the ball a lot more with Pat Shermer. I'm telling you right now. 15 rushes a game. Yeah, they couldn't do that last year at all. But did you watch them try Even to run the football? Run it was horrible. Two, three yards at minimum. They're, regardless, they're going to run the ball more. Pat Shermer is an archaic play caller. He is going to run the ball more. I'm, I can guarantee that right now. I disagree. You know what? You know why I disagree? Why? Because they had teams and games where they were running the football effectively, TCU, and they abandoned it completely abandoned it. He did not have to get away from the running game. Joe, in the second half, you remember the stat because it was the biggest game uh, in, in week one, the, or at least on that Saturday. Joe, the, the little kid, the freshman, I forget his name. Dylan job, Edwards. Dylan Edwards. Joe, he was, he, at the second half, he had an average yards per carry of over 10 yards. 
What are we? What are we? What are we discussing? I, I just think that you're bringing something up that's not even a factor for this upcoming I, year. They couldn't run the ball. They could. None of those offensive linemen it are going to be playing this if year. You can or cannot run the football. You have to, to some extent, Joe. You're going. You cannot with a defense like that. You have to play keep away. You, I, okay, fine. You know what? You know what? You weren't good at running the football. Joe, you got to run the ball at least 15 to 20 times a, a game. It doesn't matter if you're trying to run the ball up the middle and then it doesn't go for any yards. Like, I just don't understand why you thought that they were going to have success doing that last year. They're going to have a, a I way never, easier I time. I still don't think that they're going to have success. You can't it's abandon it. It's a completely different coaching staff from an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator and standpoint. I it's going to be shit changes. You know why? Because not shit changed from Jackson State to Colorado. But no, because Sean Lewis was running a run and shoot passing scheme that called on throwing the ball that often. Pat Shermer will not need the throw the ball that much. Passing attempts at Jackson State. He's because he didn't, at the FCS level, it doesn't take much to throw the ball as much as he was doing. He's also a gifted quarterback. He's going to throw the ball a shit ton. All it right. makes sense to call on the kid to throw the ball. He's their best player outside sure, of Travis I'm Hunter. Not, not to throw the football, but you're going to have to establish the lines of scrimmage if you want your defense to have how many, a shot. How many games of them did we watch last year where they were immediately down and trying to dig themselves out of a hole? Like, what else are you supposed and to how do? How many times did, did Shadur Sanders have 25 or 30 passing attempts at half? Just as much as their defense was getting – just as much as their defense was on the field too much and and was it was in a difficult position, they also were giving up massive leads before the offense could establish any rhythm. The Oregon game is a great example. The Oregon game, the way that they got their asses handed to them, is a great example. You, fine, but you can't abandon the running game. Who uh, you know who you sound like? I'm not defending that. I'm not you defending the, like? that. No, I just like? don't understand why you think you that they're suddenly like? going to go into next year with a completely different offensive coordinator who I watched as a New York Giants head coach and Broncos offensive coordinator call dipshit rushing plays on You're second and one long and first thing. and ten. You're forgetting what? one massive thing. Who what? is the head coach? He doesn't and call the plays. He's not Joe, calling the plays. Do you really believe – Joe, this is the worst take you've ever had. This Do isn't. you really not believe that Dion will come over the headset and say, "Start throwing the football more"? I don't. I don't. I really don't. I don't okay, think that well, factors into this at pick all. Up your, you know what? You got an eye, Joe. You got an eye, Joe. P you better pick it up. I'll give you Sean Lewis's phone number right now, and you better call him and ask him what happened last year, because he would start trying to establish the line of scrimmage, and you know what Dion would say? What? You better suck on my Bill Glasscock. I, you're an idiot. I, I'm pulling up. Wait, wait, I'm pulling up Kent State's passing totals from, from two years they, ago they when he was the, well, way more. Because they were playing in the MAC, but they no, still were one of the in the country. They abandoned it. But you know, do you know who you sound like right now? Who? Kyle Shanahan in the second half. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I just don't understand why this is this is what you're so hell bent bent on with this conversation. Like, I don't think that's what the issue is. Because we're, we're wasting our time talking about a football program that's going to win eight games. Because here's what I know: maybe regardless eight games. of what any any football guy tells you, 
Okay. Regardless, Joe, if you run the ball 20 times a game and you average three yards per carry, which they will do. Okay. It eats up clock to help your defense catch their breath and stay on the sidelines. That's that you need to do that, regardless if you can't stop anybody or not. I'm not disagreeing with you with, with offensive that's philosophy. Saying. That's not what I'm disagreeing with you on. All, all, all I'm saying is that last year's results are not going to be the same. It's not going to be the and, same and thing. What I was telling you was at Jackson State, okay, versus them going to Colorado. They Deion, ran the ball plenty at Jackson State, and they had a lot of success running the football at Jackson State. Then why did he lead? The FCS in passing attempts. Again. Because having a four-star quarterback is uncommon at the FCS level. And if you can throw the ball a lot, you're going to do it. Do you think that Dion isn't trying to pat his son's stats? Yes or no? No, I don't think so. I don't and think it really matters. The fourth quarter when they were up against teams. When they could have easily started clocking it and running the football. How many games were they up on opponents? It was very rare. Well, I, I do remember that they were up 28 against Colorado State, and they kept throwing the football. And, the, and They and, weren't up that much. Yeah, they were no, up they by weren't. at least 21. No, they weren't. They, 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 were up by the 20, they were up by 21 in the first half against Colorado State. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. I'm looking at the box score. It was 14-14, and then it was 21-14 Colorado State halftime. It was the the, the biggest lead. The co- Keep going. What happened in the second half? Then they tied it. They tied it 21-21 or, or whatever it was. A different game. Yeah, you are thinking of a different game. <laughs> uh, this is a non-discussion because they're going to win seven games. Were we getting yelled at in the comments by anyone? No. Uh, probably. Who cares? Okay. Well, I just I don't have any. Uh, here's my the reason I say that is I don't have faith that D, when I feel like when the going gets here's the point I'm the real underlying point that I'm trying to make. I think if things start going sour, Dion blames and points the finger at everybody else but himself. Okay, and he can't do that again. Otherwise, he's going to be out of a job. Because Sean Lewis, no, he won't. They ain't gonna fire him. Ain't no. They, they, I think if there's not four seasons of of below 500 football, I don't think he's there four seasons. Where do you think goes the? I don't know what he does, but he won't be at Colorado long after his sons are there. If 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 at all, all I'm saying is, Joe. To me, okay, I believe that he blames Sean Lewis for for issues that were far more his mistake than anybody else's. Okay, all I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay, I think we got more important things to get to. Let's talk about a good friend over at Homefield Apparel. General managers of college football. We'll talk about that next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have 
on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. By the way, did you know a week ago today I came on this show and said, um, watch out for the Raiders trying to make a move to go up to get Jane Daniels, and then it was reported by our good buddy Albert Reard that they might be doing that. Uh, do you remember that conversation? No. You say a lot of things. I don't you're listen to so, most you're of them. You're so full of shit. You're so full of shit because I tagged you in it and you're like, aren't you on a show right now? Wait, when was uh, when did Breer did Breer say anything on that today? No, it wasn't today. It was last week. Okay. A week ago today. I should have asked him about it. I, yeah, I saw. I saw him. I was at. I was at yeah. a bar with him. You were at the Super Bowl. You 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 completely forgot about your buddy. Uh, I should have asked him about it. Joe, one thing that I think that we need to talk about that I I think is going unnoticed and that not a lot of college football fans are talking about is. There are a lot of programs that are making moves and hiring "quote unquote" general managers. Uh, Brandon Harris at Texas Football this past week got promoted uh, as the general manager. Other programs, Ole Miss, LSU, Florida, and others, have made these type of roles and have hired what is going to now be in today's world in college football a general manager. I guess, Joe, when you start seeing a lot of this, Nebraska did it, Memphis did it as well. When you're starting to see a lot of these programs make these moves and hire what is general managers, Michigan did it this weekend as well. Joe, am I I crazy to think that these people are being hired in these roles to just have money conversations so the head coaches don't have to do it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it's – if it's that cut and dry, I just think that roster management is a completely different animal than it's ever been. I, I think that, yes, we, you know, we could are, we could sit here and say that, oh, it's to prevent head coaches from having to deal with these messy conversations. Yeah, that that's that's part of it. But I think at the end of the day, having somebody who is going to manage the amount of available money for players, which I don't know if they can even really address it and talk about it that way. I think a general manager different from a, a director of player personnel is necessary in the modern version of college football because building a roster and maintaining relationships with players is so much different than it's ever been. A head coach just realistically cannot sit and try and recruit his current roster and then also try and go out and recruit other guys to come play for his program. It's too difficult. I even can go as far as to say that I know that there are football programs that are going to outside scouting consulting in order to better determine and figure out their needs in the transfer portal. Like that's the level that we're now getting to. We're getting to a world where there's so many different pieces to the college football world that we need to now hire or outsource roster building. It has become that complex of a situation that this is the world that we live in. How do I want to phrase this question without getting us in trouble? Um, Joe, I, I do think that you're seeing programs hire people for roles to have conversations that are technically illegal to have. 
Yeah. <laughs> am, am I crazy to think that you're paying a guy a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year to have a conversation with kids that he's not supposed to be having? And, and to, to that point, I, I mean, it's. I, I think that it's a blatant show of college head coaches that, hey, man, we just can't do it, do all of it. Like, I, I see a lot of people and a lot of coaches, you know, and a lot of media get mad at coaches. Oh, this guy's playing golf. This guy's doing this. Well, they need a little bit of sanity to themselves, too. They need a little bit of a break because the, the, the college football season, even when you get in the spring and the summer and into the fall, it is a complete grind. But, Joe, you're hiring guys in positions that technically conversations per the NCAA they can have, but the state law says that they can't. I, I, you know, Florida State could would Alex Atkins would have loved to have a general manager so that he wouldn't be suspended for for some of these things. So I, I just it begs the question: if you're getting general managers for college for co or colleges are hiring general managers, what else is next? Because you're seeing big time universities make these moves. I don't. I actually think that this is the the final evolution of this and i think you actually bring up a really good point in a way this is kind of a fall guy you know the coach coach could say ah well i hired him but i didn't tell him to have conversations with these kids about money and orchestrate their transportation to go talk to boosters that i didn't tell him to do that that was all the general manager i did it's just like alex atkins him getting in trouble and getting suspended and getting i think he got fined or but regardless got suspended all that stuff you think Mike Norvell didn't know about that shit? You think Mike Norvell didn't know that that was going on? Right. To add a layer, a guy like... He texted Alex Atkins and said, let me know when you drop him off. Yeah, get, hey, can you get this kid a ride? That's probably what it was. Right. To that point, though, you add an extra layer of protection. I think that's also part of it. Uh, it's very different than the professional version of a general manager, but it's very similar in the same way. A head coach can't be responsible for knowing how much cap room you have, how much money you're spending on certain positions and how much you're allocating for younger players, older players and whatnot. You need somebody to handle the numbers. It is something that a head coach just can't fat. I mean, you need a spreadsheet guy. That's, that's what it is. That's what this guy is. He's a fall guy and he's a spreadsheet guy. And a guy that's that probably is, is going to have to raise funds from boosters yeah. to be able to go into the portal for their team. Joe, I, I mean, you mean it? I I don't know enough about Ohio State's collective. You mean to tell me there's not a guy in a general manager type of role at Ohio State? Because I I know that there's one at Ole Miss. There's got to be one. So, unless Ryan Day is orchestrating them this all of this himself, which I don't think that he is. So I, I look at this and say to myself, like, man, you have so many universities. I don't. I think a fall guy is is an interesting way of putting it. But guys that are going to make money decisions based off of of the roster, and I, I, it's crazy to me that we're here and that nobody, everybody, no one blinks an eye. No one's blinking an eye. People are like, "Oh, well, this makes sense." So, okay. Mark Pantoni is the general manager at Ohio State. Uh, see, had no clue, but knew that they had one. You know why? Because look at what they're doing in the portal. That's how I know guy that can go and raise funds to get money for the portal and the head coach can't go and make those have those conversations
It's not. It's not his. It's not his duty to do that. I, I actually think that the next wave for this is that the second most hire in the next five to ten years on any coaching staff is going to be the general manager. Like we're gonna. I really do think that we're gonna get to a world where we're talking about general managers as like a huge name in the hiring cycle. I really think that that's what where this is going to. Well, we're already somewhat there. I mean, well, but we, I mean, outside of Billy Glasscock having a funny name, like how well, many was, well, guys do we there. really know? I was about okay. to go there. I don't care that it's LSU. Just stay with me. We saw a, an SEC head coach who had 11 wins this year and won a New Year's Six Bowl throw a tantrum on Twitter like a baby because LSU went and got his chief of staff, which is AKA the general manager. I mean, Joe, mm -hmm. he was on social media throwing a hissy fit, constantly tagging people at LSU about the game that they played this year. Yeah. You mean to tell me that he was, that Austin Thomas was not that important? Uh, like you got Kirby smart sending out tweets uh, and links to their collective. So it, it, it's amazing to me. I think we're there. I, I think that this is the start of all of this. Yeah, this is, um, I'm wondering how soon that we get to that point where general managers and heck, <laughs> I'd be really, really interested to see if we end up starting to see NFL guys that are head Might scouts. Right. I'm curious you know if why? that ends up being the next they don't big have thing. To, they don't have to go through scouting. Yeah. Because the, the coaches got to go out draft. You don't have to draft. They can just say, we want this kid. It's can you crazy get him? because co coaches want to get to the NFL for less stress. I wonder if JMs want to come to college football for a little bit less stress. It's not a bad point. It's not about, I mean, how, you get to negotiate with whoever you want, whenever you want to. That and is. And the money's raised. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to go raise the money. All right. Interesting conversation. That I think we're going to have to continue to have. Till Wednesday. Good show, my man. Did not, I, I thought that Sean Foster would be the thing that we argued about the most, not Deion Sanders. We wasted so much time. I, talking about Colorado football. Is the most toxic thing that happens on this show. It's a soap opera. It, it derails the show every single time we do it. Every single time. That's why we love it, though. I disagree. <laughs> you don't love the show? No, I love the show. I just don't like talking about Colorado football. <laughs> don't make me laugh because I'm going to start coughing hysterically. We'll see you on Wednesday, guys. Well, Wednesday. Oh, wait. I'm fine. We're I'm good. Okay, maybe we'll go on Wednesday. Maybe we'll see you earlier in the day on Wednesday because it is okay. Valentine's Day. Yeah. We'll see y'all then. Y'all have a good one. Peace.